Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams, and you're listening to episode 23. At some point today, probably after I'm done recording this, I'm going to throw 50 pounds on my back and I'm going to hike 2.5 miles. And the reason I'm doing that is because I got a challenge from a buddy last night uh, to do that. Yesterday, I had to do 30 mountain climbers, 30 push-ups, 30 squats with 20 pounds on my back, 30 flutter kicks, and 30 seconds of side planks on each side. And I had to do that and then repeat it and do it all under nine minutes. Um, <laughs> and the reason I did that is because a buddy of mine sent me a challenge. So what we're doing is my buddy Eric, uh, who goes to church with us, is sending me and Travis Shire daily challenges. And the reason he's doing that, in September, we are headed to Colorado. Uh, about three, four weeks ago, Eric asked me, he said, how's your training going? <laughs> uh, to which I replied, um... It, it's not going super well. I, I kind of started, actually, I started in January, February, and I kind of burned out. I, I went on like a really long hike with a lot of weight on my pack way too early. Um, not early in the morning, but like, like way too early physically. Like I wasn't ready for it, and I about injured myself. And so Eric has been slowly but surely kind of building that challenge with us. And so what's been cool is we've added a couple other guys in the mix. My brother's been doing the challenges. Uh, if you go back, uh, Bobby Andrews, a uh, buddy that's been on the podcast, Bobby's joined the challenge as well. And so if anybody else is interested, um, it's it's just fun. What we do is we uh, if we do the challenge, we get to do that little – it's something – that, about that little green check mark. If you type done on your iPhone, this little check mark comes up, green check mark. It just feels good to send that, to send it out and say, hey, I've done it. Um, if I were to do it solo by myself, man, it would be so much harder. It would be so much harder. I, there's people that can do that. You know, There's people that have that drive. I, I certainly uh, wish that I had that, but I... To, for me, I've got to have some people to do it with. It's so it makes it so much better. It pushes me so much further. Um, the other day we had to do three miles, and I, I did it in 27 minutes, which isn't super fast by any standards. But for me, uh, it felt good to be able to do that. Um, so you know, today we're going to kind of get into this a little bit. This idea about camaraderie, um, you know, doing things together, whether it be a workout or whether you hunt with people, um, you know, those those are some cool things that happen whenever you get a bunch of guys, a bunch of girls together to go and hunt or to go and do workouts or whatever. There's something powerful in that. And so today, the reason I bring that up is we have a really cool uh, sit-down interview with a group called Live Hunt Co. You may remember them from last episode if you listened to the episode with Courtney. Uh, she's friends with these guys, and she was kind of promoting, telling me a little bit about them. I reached out to them, and I said, hey, let's just get you guys on and so I sat down with uh, four of them last night through Skype is how I record these and uh, there's three of them together and then uh, the, the buddy Garrett he was out in Virginia and so we had like a three three-way call there and um, it was just cool I mean I just I cracked up they had some really good stories and we kind of get into this idea of uh, you know camaraderie of the hunt uh, friends hunting together or hunting with family and so I think you're going to really enjoy this uh, and definitely go I've, I've started watching some of their YouTube videos and followed them on Instagram you're going to want to do that they've got some really good stuff so uh, that said we're going to jump right into it I uh, hope that you enjoy this podcast uh, once again if you want to share review or do any of that stuff there's my little plug for that I'll say no more let's get live hunt and co-op 
All right, guys. I am with the crew from Live, Hunt, and Co. Uh, excited to sit down with these guys. I found out about them uh, last week from Courtney, who was on the show. She was telling me about this new group that just started not that long ago. I uh, got uh, some videos up on YouTube and Instagram Facebook. I'm sitting down here with Jeremy, Jonathan, Brandon, uh, a.k.a. Hack, and uh, Garrett is kind of, uh, he's remoting in from Virginia. So, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here, man. Yeah, excited to be here. So, guys, I know a little bit about you. I've been watching some of your YouTube videos, enjoying that. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, give us a little bit of background. Let, let some listeners know who uh, Live Hunt & Co. is. All right, so we're basically uh, four friends that all kind of cross paths in, in different stages of our life. But uh, what it boiled down to is... Uh, we share a passion for hunting and fishing, the outdoor lifestyle. And, and since the, my college days, I personally, uh, this is Jeremy speaking, by the way, um, it just really enjoyed recording hunts and just kind of sharing a process with folks. And uh, so I dabbled in that in, in high school. And then um, this year, it just kind of the conversation came up several times and, and we decided that we would we would launch this thing and take it serious and uh, basically film hunts and um you know, launch out and dive into this journey of, of trying to uh, really record, I guess, the realness, if you will, of, of hunting and fishing, you know, um, just sharing the process with folks, you know, hopefully entertaining and, and, and making some people laugh. And then at the same time, um, you know, just sharing tips and tricks and, and the process that we as hunters go through and, and not just the kills, not just the highlights, but, you know, the whole journey, the camaraderie, the fellowship, really everything that hunting and the lifestyle of hunting and fishing um, has to offer. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I see that in your name, Live, Hunt, and Co., so it kind of has everything together there. So where did you guys um, where did you guys meet at? Did you guys grow up together, meet in college? How did you guys uh, get together? Me and uh, Jeremy uh, actually met in college. We had a college class, and uh, come to find out, we actually had was going in the same major, uh, which is about uh, wildlife management and biology at uh, Eastern Kentucky University. By the way, this is Jonathan. Um, so uh, we, we kind of hung out together, and then we realized that we was uh, going to Richmond uh, to stay on campus and had the same major, so we just roomed together and really got, got to know each other, become real good friends. And then, I guess, Brandon... Well, we met Garrett. Oh, yeah, we met Garrett there too. And, so. and after we moved to Richmond, we met Garrett up there, and he was also in the wildlife uh, uh, management major. And we shared classes and and really got to know each other. And we had a, a pretty tight knit uh, clique up there and, and hunted together and just had a really good time. And then um, I actually met uh, Hack through my wife, my wife and his wife were first cousins, and so uh, we got to know each other that way. And uh, before you know it, we just all hit it off, and now here we are. Here you are. Yeah, can't tell. I'm the only one in the group that doesn't have a biology degree. So, uh, <laughs> I'm like the class clown, I guess you guys. I just put a smile on people's face. So, so real quick, let, let's go ahead and start with you, Hack. So what do you guys do for a living now? In the bi Do you work in biology? I know you don't, but what does everybody do for a living? Uh, Jeremy's actually a school teacher. Uh, Jonathan drives a big rig for a living. I, I drive a truck. I work for a food bank uh, in London, and uh, we give food out to people in need and stuff. So I drive a semi-truck and... Not really the biology job, but hey, it pays the bill. So, absolutely. Now, Garrett, he can tell you about his job. He's got a real cool job in biology. Yeah, Garrett, Garrett makes well, What's your job? You didn't yeah, tell us that. Oh, I order fill at uh, 
a certain uh, large company, DC. So I'm not going to say any more uh, than that. That's, that's awesome, man. That's good. <laughs> uh-huh. Garrett, and, what do you do? Man, they're the only smart ones that uh, were able to get out of that racket. So. <laughs> No, I'm a I'm I'm a graduate student. I'm I'm actually still pursuing uh, some extended degrees in wildlife biology. So uh, I'm actually uh, out at Virginia Tech right now, and uh, I'm actually working on a white-tailed deer project uh, in out in the uh, western half of the state here in Virginia, uh, west of the Blue Ridge Mountains. So uh, yeah, it's 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 fun, but uh, you know. It, it gets tough day in and day out getting out in the hills and uh, busting through briars and brambles and stuff like that. So I look at uh, look at these these guys from, from time to time and think they've got it figured out, and I'm still trying to figure a few things out. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm pumped to have you guys all on. So we got four guys, so I know we got a lot of stories. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know a lot about you guys, but one of the things I did see, and I thought maybe we'd just start right here, uh, Garrett, you got some exciting news here not too long ago, uh, and relating to elk. So could you tell us a little bit about what's going on there and, and how that's, that's all going down? Absolutely, man. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I actually just got drawn for a, a bull rifle hunt, uh, coming up this fall. So, uh, it's, uh, man, I've just been just in this state of kind of euphoria for like the past week. Um, I really can't even describe it to you, to be honest, Stratus. It's, um, it's just been a, uh, kind of a whirlwind of emotions. Um, so just, you got drawn for Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. For, for Kentucky. I mean, that's so, not easy. That's not easy to do, right? I mean, that's a little bit of a, the odds aren't, aren't super high to get drawn for that. Travis, it's one and 325. Okay. Well, it's, after speaking to the, the, the elk biologist there, I think the, I think the chances for a resident in-state resident were about one in 147 okay. for firearm. Um, non-resident was actually one in 700 and something like that. So I don't know, maybe we were probably yeah. every, like everything combined all together because right, it was yeah. Kentucky Sport and Fish Wildlife guy that told me yeah. that. So anyway, in, anyway, he, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. I was well, everybody well, was well, one well, three hundred twenty-five for a while there, and then I kind of got corrected by the state elk biologist. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it was it was pretty it was pretty sweet. Uh, there was twenty over twenty-two thousand applicants, and they mm-hmm. had one hundred and fifty bull firearms tags to go around. And man, I was just I was lucky enough to pull one of them. I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I didn't. Uh, my odds were zero in that number because I didn't apply this year because I'm going to Colorado. So I knew my luck would be I would get drawn for for Kentucky the year that I'm going to Colorado, and my wife probably wasn't going to put up with that. So <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So. Yeah, we actually got the chance to go to the live drawing in Prestonsburg, and and I was recording on video when they called Garrett's name, and. uh we were just freaking out. I mean, <laughs> I was I was sending him text messages, and it was like auto correcting, and I couldn't get my words together. But we were all like, I I feel like we're all going. We all got Drew. Like we're so pumped for Garrett. And it's a we, when we first started this thing, we've had this conversation uh, plenty of times before. But we really felt like God was is in Live Hunting Company in the sense of us being together and pursuing something. Uh, and and when when something like that happens a buddy gets a bull firearm tag. It, it just, it, we're extremely blessed, man. And we're extremely grateful. And there's 
Garrett said this before, but there's tons of other people I'm sure that are more deserving, but we're just honored and grateful and super blessed that we would get an opportunity like this to, and, and, and best believe we're going to be tagging right along like little ticks with Garrett. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, not to like steal it kind of the, the mic for a minute, but just, uh, it was, it was really, really cool to, uh, talk to these guys after I got drawn because it was just really special to me to know that I've got some buddies in, in these three over here that, uh, that honestly would be just as happy, you know, uh, you know, if I got drawn as they were. And so, and so, you know, seeing all their reactions for, for me when I got drawn, that was, that was something special. So, uh, three good buddies on, on that end over there. So, yeah, that's awesome. So let's talk. Yeah, go ahead. I thought Jeremy had got drawn. I was out in the lobby and I look up and Jeremy's running to me with his arms up in there. I said, Oh my God, Jeremy got drawn. He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, that's cool too, man. Well, that's, I think that's awesome. You know, just seeing your guys the way you support, support each other, you know, that's, you know, that's what it's all about. I'd be pumped if my buddies got drawn as well. So let's talk a little bit about that as we get into some hunting stories here. What are some of your guys' favorite hunting stories together where you guys have been on the same hunt, uh, sharing together? You guys, anything come to mind whenever you think about those? Jeremy yeah. and Garrett's got some good ones. I'll go ahead and start with one. <laughs> and it was, uh, I tell people, and I've told Garrett this, and I think he's uh, he thinks I'm, I'm lying when I say this, but it was the worst hunt that I've ever been on, but it was the best hunt that I've ever been on. And so a, a couple of years ago, Garrett was calling me and texting me. We were communicating. He's like, man, you got you to gotta try duck hunting. You got to come duck hunt with me at, up here at this place called Goose Pond in Indiana. And, uh, and so we, the dates worked out, and I drove up, and um, – and so him and I stayed at one of his friends' place. And, and so this is like a – Garrett, you may talk a little bit more about it in a second, but essentially it's like a, a public place, but you have to put in uh, your names in a hat okay. like the first thing in the morning, uh, like super early, like everyone shows up, and then they draw your name. Like you pretty much get drawn if you go, but it's like first come, first serve. So there's different like sections throughout the property – and you get to choose where you want to go and you're kind of restricted to that spot or whatever have you. Um, so, so here we are, we, we go on this adventure, him and I go up there, we get there super early. Uh, sure enough, our names come out of the hat first. And so we had scouted the evening before we saw ducks, um, and, and we were just pumped, you know, we put her, put her little sticker on the map there and, and here we head out and we have these boat blinds that are about 430 pounds a piece. I'm not literally, but they felt every bit of it. Uh, but, but here we are in our thick waders because it's freezing cold, uh, dragging our boat blinds, and, and we cross this creek, and we get to her, her pond set up, and it is completely frozen over. I mean, the ice is – we could walk on it. It was that thick. So we spend the first two hours breaking up ice to put our decoys out, and we sit there wet and sweaty and eventually cold and – we saw a few ducks here and there that were, you know, a mile and a half above us. And, uh, and so we have the bright idea that we're trying to swing at a few of those germ, if you remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, we did try to swing on a few of them, but it was just shooting up in the air, basically just to hear guns go off. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so we think, you know, let, let's cross, let's cross this pond here and get on the other side. Cause we've been seeing some ducks, you know, down from us a piece. And, uh, so here we go marching across the ice and we get about three quarters of the way across 
and um, I fall completely through the ice. Oh, no. And, uh, and, video footage of this. and luckily, luckily, it wasn't that deep. And it went up to, uh, you know, around my stomach area, but I had chest waders on. But So here I am stuck in this little hole of broken ice and water, and my boat's still on top of the ice, and I can't get back on top because when I try to get back on top, I'm just breaking ice. And so here I proceed to uh, basically, I don't even know a term that would describe it. I basically just use the boat and my body just to jump and break ice all the way back across the pond. Yeah, you, and, you, just, uh, you were using the, the boat as like a beaver tail to break the ice, Jeremy. I think that's yeah. like an analogy there. That's, that's a good analogy. I was using the boat like a beaver tail, just jumping up on it, smacking the ice. It took, you know, realistically, it was probably a good two hours getting back across this thing. And at the end of it, we're just looking at each other like, this is the 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 the, the worst hunt ever <laughs> in terms of, you know, everything going wrong. But looking back on it, um, and, and this is this is kind of something I've really been thinking a lot about this, this past couple of hunting seasons. And I've actually seen guys like Stephen Ornella talk about it on Meat Eater. Um, but there's a level of fun that that surpasses like your your quick easy fix. So like you can go ride a roller coaster, it's quick fun, yeah, whatever. But there's a level of fun that requires almost some suffering before it, you get to like this like ultimate mm-hmm. memory and like even though we didn't kill ducks or anything like that, to me that hunt will forever be like in my mind. I'll be telling my grandkids about that someday. And, and man, even though it was unsuccessful and it was a struggle, like looking back, the laughs we had and just, uh, it, it was just an awesome, awesome time together. Now, wait, wait just a second. Where is Garrett at while you're doing the beaver slap thing? Is <laughs> he in the boat? The bank. That's what I'm doing. Oh, you're on, you're on the bank watching that. I was wondering how you got this on video. I'm like, is he just like sitting there watching you try and get back in the boat or what's going on here? Okay. <laughs> we, we do have some video footage of it. We might have to break that out of the vault before. Oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah. <laughs> so we were afraid for him to get too close because then he would have just fell in. Um, yeah. so it was, it, we were just in a pickle. I'll be honest with you. I was just so mad that we didn't do any good that day because you traveled so far up there. And man, I th- I know that spot's a good place to duck hunt, man. Like you've killed ducks there a lot. Oh yeah, that's where I got started duck hunting. You know, mm. so it was like I was just wanting to bring Jeremy in and try to get him a place to where he could experience what I experienced and just getting me hooked in the same area. Um, but you know, it's, it is what it is, man. I mean, it, it, we, I, it's very few times. Can I look back on a hunt and say to myself, I was that exhausted. Um, uh-huh. I've probably got another thing coming for me this September. If I'm lucky enough to kill a nail, but yeah, woo, yeah. That, that was a All doozy. Right. Man. Jonathan, uh, Brandon, what about you guys? What, what have you guys, uh, Okay, so probably the two hunts that stand out in my mind, like I said, I've only been truly, like, hunting for the last 10 years. I tried it when I was, like, when my early, like, maybe 11 or 12 years old. The first animal I ever killed was a squirrel, like most, you know, young country boys growing up in Kentucky. But mine was a little different. Um, I, I lived with my grandpa, my grandma and grandpa, and I and my, my grandpa came home one day. He's like, son, he said, I'm going to teach you to hunt. You're going to get out here and kill you some squirrels. I said, all right, I called him Paul. I said, all right, Paul, it'll work. So I was about 11 or 12, 
and we went out behind the house and he had a single shot 12 gauge with a you know big old curled hammer on the back of it he said son just take it up the hill be real quiet and he, he said yeah he said i guarantee you'll see a squirrel just take your time aim at his head and just pull the trigger so i you know i creeped up the first time i'd ever held a shotgun in my life you know probably so I'm walking up the bank, and sure enough, there's a squirrel comes across. I lay the hammer back, squeeze the trigger, dead squirrel. He lays over, right? Well, I'm so excited. I, I run up to it. I'm screaming, Paul, I got him. Paul, I got him. You know, I'm running down the hill, and I slip and fall. And I didn't think much about it at the time. I fall down the hill about 10 feet. I get up, I run down, and I look, and I broke the hammer off the shotgun. Oh, no. So when I run down the hill, I'm holding a dead squirrel and a broken shotgun up. I'm like, I got him, Paul. Yeah. And he looked, he's like, son, you broke the bleeping gun. You know, <laughs> to say. Uh, that hunt was probably, I'll remember it for the rest of my life because, you know, my Paul. And the biggest whitetail I'd ever seen in my life, I was 26 years old, hunting with a 270, and he was chasing a doe. I mean, he was dogging her. He's about 150 yards, dead run. I don't know really how big he was. I just know it was the biggest buck I'd ever seen. He was way past his ears, you know. So I holler real loud, stop him, and he's he's quartering away from me with a tree laying over about half of his body. And I lay it just behind the shoulder, and I pull the trigger, and I got the safety on. And I'm so nervous and so tore up, I'm just pulling that trigger. And it's like, oh, it won't shoot, because I'd never killed a deer before, you know. And uh, he walks on out of my life, and i never seen him again. So that's... Uh. That's probably two stories that stick out in my life because I didn't kill my first buck till I was like 27 years old. I want to think it was, mm. and uh, I'd seen a few. I'd shot one before and didn't recover it with old 30-30 with no scope, you know, at 90 yards. And uh, I'd seen a few more, and I was shaking so bad the gun was just bouncing on the little blind that I'd built. And it was like buck fever is a real thing, guys. So oh, it, is. it is. And I've never killed one with a bow, so I'm pretty excited this year get the old matthews i bought out to see if i can get one with a bow oh, awesome so hacker are you going to do that with a camera in the tree with you so you're going to try and attempt to take yeah, that camera so, all right and this year i started filming uh turkey season i started you know solo turkey hunt filming that's one of the hardest things to do guys is to pay attention to the camera and the animal that you're trying, yep. trying to sneak up on or be still enough to move it, it's going to be tough yeah. you know yeah just always remember this. This is one bit of advice I learned this past season. You can always zoom in. And if you get, I had a 10 point walk into a perfect spot. I probably told this story in the podcast this year. The camera finally cost me after three years of filming. Oh, this man. 10 point is walking right to the gap, right where I need him. Has no idea I'm there. I have the camera right there. It's on it. All I got to do is just let go of the camera, get ready to draw. And as he hits this gap at 30 yards, he stops broadside, and my hand is still on the camera rather than that full draw where I should have been. So, yeah. you know, just uh, that's that's a big thing. Is you can always zoom in. You don't need to be messing when we get a perfect shot. So, yeah. but that's it is a challenge. But whenever it comes together, man, it is awesome. It is absolutely so awesome. exciting, man. Super excited. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, what about you, man? Any uh, hunting stories come to mind? Oh Lord, there's plenty. Um, I've started been hunting since I was nine. Uh, but my dad, me and my, my dad got me into it. And, uh, so I've been hunting with him a lot and, uh, several friends. And then I was fortunate this year, turkey season to hunt with Jeremy. And, uh, I, I watched and we hunted hard this year for turkey season and didn't, didn't come out with anything, but man, there was so many different days that you can tell him I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so like the second to the last day, or, yeah, yeah, almost last Saturday before season, Saturday before season went out. And uh, me and Jeremy and another guy uh, went out, uh, hunted. I mean, we had birds all over us. I mean, it was a, it was the most exciting day 
that we I think we've had in the turkey woods ever. Uh, I know for me it was, and we had a gobbler right on top of us, spooked him off, and then we went and found another bird, and he didn't come in, and then we went and got on another bird, and we called to him for what seemed like an hour and a half, and uh, he gobbled his brains out, and we Jeremy was like, I'm sick and tired of sitting here waiting on this thing. I'm going to go down here and see if I can shoot him, and he went on down the ridge, and I was filming, and I didn't care if I killed a turkey at all. I was worried about getting filmed. And the battery on the camera was going, uh, like, getting low. So I was, like, trying not to record but wait for the moment. I was standing back about 40 yards from Jeremy. And Jeremy's been down with, like, a gobbler decoy right in front of him. And he sees the gobbler strutting. And I can't see him. So I'm sitting there with the camera on, standing between two trees. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with this bird? If I see this bird, i got to hit record and all this. By the time I see the bird and I hit record, boom, 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 Jeremy shoots three times and the bird just flies off and he throws <laughs> his gun and we're like, well, that was fun. <laughs> so, but I mean, it was like zero like, fun. Uh, it was zero fun. Oh, but it's frustrating. It was, like I was, I was upset, but I couldn't stop smiling because I was like, man, that was just so exciting, even though we didn't kill one. And I mean, I, it sucked that we, that he, you know, missed it. But, I mean, just to be able to see a bird, and that was the first time I ever seen a bird that close strutting for me. Mm-hmm. And it was like I was pumped. And, I, I mean, I hated that I didn't even get to hit record but by the time he shot. But um, I, I'll always remember that hunt just because of the, the viewpoint that I had and just being with Jeremy, man. You know, I was like, dude, I finally get to hunt with you. and Because we, we got to hunt a little bit before in college, but not, not as, you know, not, as, to the not to the extent as we have now. And, uh, and the lessons learned. Oh yeah, well, I mean, we learned too. so much stuff just this turkey season, you know, and um, just getting up at five a.m. and and you know driving to Trimble County. I've got a farm in Trimble County in northern Kentucky, and then hunting in Clay County some. It's been fun. And I, another story that I remember my dad being him. Uh, I was youth hunting and shot. I, it was a yearling deer. I mean, to me, it was like a big doe but it was a it was so small that when my dad field dressed it he picked it up and put it over his shoulders and carried it out <laughs> and like we got back to camp and everybody goes well lord have mercy i would <laughs> shot a dog i've got dogs bigger than that and i'm like listen you say what you want to but i had the thrill of like that deer right under us and shooting it with a rifle and i mean yep. just being there with my dad you know like some people don't get that opportunity and and uh to me, it's just something that I'll always remember. And I mean, there's plenty of times, you know, hunting with my dad that I'll memories and stuff that just too much time to tell, you know. The little ones eat just as good as the big ones. <laughs> Actually, the little ones eat a little bit better than the big ones. So, but, uh, so Jeremy, we got we got to come back to you. So far, I've heard a story about you falling out of a boat and you missing a turkey. <laughs> so tell me about something you've killed, man. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So my number one favorite hunt of all time. And this will be a hard one to top for me. And I'm sure when my little boy gets old enough to make some memories with me, it'll be up there. But so I was fortunate enough to have uh, several men in my life to, to introduce me to the outdoors. And, and my grandpa was probably number one on that list. Um, he grew up uh, hunting and fishing his entire life. And he introduced me uh, much like Brandon was talking about with uh, squirrel hunting and, and different things like that. And he, he started taking me uh, deer hunting just as a, a young guy, uh, 9, 10, 11 years old. And, um, and so he always took me and we had a lot of good hunts and things like that. But in 2017, um, he had just started battling, uh, dementia. And, um, and so it, it, 
I realized uh, very quickly that deer season that he probably wasn't going to get to hunt much more. Uh, he was starting to get a little more feeble and things like that. And so deer season rolled around rifle season and, um, my dad and uncles and stuff who also introduced me to hunting growing up and things, we always have a big deer camp. And, and so I told my grandpa, I said, this weekend, we're going to go camp. And, uh, cause he hadn't, didn't have many, you know, didn't have plans or anything like that. And so I said, I'm going to try my best to, uh, to film him uh, and, and go on a hunt with him at least this year. Cause uh, you know, it was questionable if he could even go again. And so we loaded up, packed up and went camping, uh, had a great time around the campfire, just, you know, everything deer camp has to offer, um, those, those, those feelings. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just all, it's, you can't put it into words really, as far as, you know, those types of things, just sitting around the fire telling stories. But so we wake up the next morning and, uh, and we hike up this mountain, man. We go, we go pretty far in there. And to be honest with you, I didn't know it was it was as extensive as it was until we got there. And he was a trooper, you know. To be, uh, I think he he may, have, I think he was seventy six at the time. I, I could be wrong, but he he was up there in his seventies. And um, we hiked all the way up there. We were soaking wet when we got to the top of the ridge, and we were sitting in this uh, kind of like a horseshoe. There was two finger ridges that went down below us, and we were kind of at the top of those and and so we're sitting there and, and I had every intention of filming him shoot a deer that morning and uh doe comes in and uh and sure enough uh I look up and I see antlers um and, and he was basically uh crossing trails that morning looking for a hot doe and uh I tell my papa I say get ready get ready get ready and he never could see the deer and so the deer comes to this spot uh, and actually this is on our YouTube channel this entire hunt is um, but but he gets to this this spot where he can either come closer and and looking back on it he probably was headed our way or he could have cut uphill and went out of sight and so at that point he was telling me you know shoot him shoot him go ahead and shoot him and so so you know it didn't take much uh pulling my my leg on that one but but anyway I got the camera set up and it was one of those things you were talking about zooming in I had no idea if I was even on the deer but I locked the camera in place shot the deer he files um and 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 to make a long story short we you know I had, to, I had to shoot him again and we we found the deer and um looking back on that hunt to 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 he was the biggest deer i've killed yet he was a a nice eight pointer and he was not a giant by any means but for me that deer and that hunt and what it represented uh with it was kind of like everything come full circle from my grandpa taking me to now me taking him and and it was one of those points in life where i just felt extremely fortunate to have a man like him bring me up and then to be able to share that moment with him now as as, as a a grown man um it, it's just you can't words can't put it can't paint the picture but it was uh it was phenomenal man. yeah that's that's awesome that's a great story i and i will definitely watch that on youtube you know i think that that you know what you guys are talking about camaraderie together you know um we'll, we'll come back to that thought we'll come back to thought i want to i want to go to garrett garrett we've talked a little bit about your elk tag give us give us one of your favorite hunting stories and then i want to come back we'll talk a little bit about camaraderie here at the end oh man Travis, that's a that's a good one man I've, gosh well i mean just a little background on me i was kind of a late bloomer um hunting my dad um i'll kind of give you a little bit of a backstory here about um uh, how, how I actually got into hunting. So, um, 
my dad, um, when I was younger, probably when I was about four or five, was, I mean, over the moon for deer hunting. He had gotten with a buddy of his that he was close with when he was younger, and they said, you know, we're going to take up hunting. We're going to try to we're going to try to kill us a deer. And um, back in the early '90s in Eastern Kentucky, I mean, man, I mean, it was like you'd seen a unicorn if you'd seen a deer. So uh, you know, I mean, he. Uh, so he and his buddy, they would drive two hours, you know, almost every weekend um, to go hunt on public land um, in, uh, in uh, you know, northeastern Kentucky um, uh, near, um, it was, uh, let's see here, Cave Run Lake, I believe is the area that it is. A lot of people would go up there and hunt from eastern Kentucky because it was really one of the only places that had deer in, in the eastern half of the state in large numbers on public land. And dad would just tell me stories all the time about him going up there and shooting every bow arrow from his quiver, going and picking up arrows and sitting back down again and seeing if he could kill one. And I mean, he must've hunted like that for, I mean, two or three years and just never killed a deer. Mm. And, um, you know, long story short, um, during rifle season on uh, national forest, you could go up there and you could hunt deer. And, um, so this one morning dad said, this is going to be the morning I'm going to kill a deer. And, uh, he hikes back into the middle of nowhere. I'm talking like two or three miles back into the national forest way before daybreak, um, says today's going to be the day. And he said, he just got to the ridge that he was going to hunt. He'd sat down, cleared his spot out. And he said it was going to be a beautiful morning. The sun had just peaked up over the hillside. And as soon as that sun come up, he said he saw orange to his left. He said he saw orange to his right, down below him, up on the other ridge. And he was like, heck with this. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. So that was it just put a bad taste in his mouth. So growing up, I didn't hunt. Um, I didn't hunt until dad ended up getting his own private. Well, not his own private lease. He went in with a few buddies and got a lease by the time I was in my senior year of high school. And uh harvested my first deer at the age of 17 and couldn't breathe after I shot it. I was freaking out, thought I was going to hyperventilate and die. And, um, so, so yeah, it was, uh, that's kind of how I got, got started in the, in the, in the sport, I guess you'd say. And I've just been head over heels for it. And ever since then started pursuing a career in wildlife biology and yeah, man, it's just, it's awesome. I don't see how anybody could, live on the earth and not want to hunt so yeah yeah that's awesome so let me ask let me just ask this question what makes you guys want to film the hunts like in film and, and why do all this extra stuff what, what's the driving force behind that i tell you this if i would have started like really deer hunting and turkey hunting and and been able to experience the fellowship that i feel now when i was younger like i hunted when i you know that squirrel was probably the only time i'd hunted up till from 12 to 25 but if I would have got in like these guys did, I believe I would have went down a different road in life. I fought a lot of lot of troubles with like uh, addiction and stuff like that growing up. I didn't really um, learn to respect people like I should have. Uh, didn't have a drive, a goals in life like like you do when you're when you're a hunter. And I believe if I would have had someone to show me that like these guys did when I was younger, that I would went down a totally different path because. The correlation between hunting and just being a good citizen, being a man, is, is they run parallel, man. There's so much stuff in hunting that you learn that you can put in your everyday life, like being respectful, uh, having goals, uh, 
just just hard work and stuff like that I didn't truly learn until I was 25 26 year old when I got into hunting and it changed my life you know and I just wished I would have started younger so if we film this if, if there's just one one young kid that sees sees our videos and be like I want to try that I want to try to find someone to yeah. take me hunting it might change their life forever you know so that that's one thing that I'm passionate about is trying to show people that especially in small towns like ours that there's things that you can get out and do and activities you can do that's not drugs or drinking or partying because mm-hmm. sin's only fun for a season man and uh it always comes back hurts you in the end so I, that's my part on it all they tell yeah. the guy yeah exactly kind i, I love to piggyback off, i'm sorry uh, just kind of just to piggyback off what brandon said too um you know from a a, a bigger perspective kind of thing you you look at some of the stuff that's really hurting uh, the the sport of hunting right now, and you look at hunter recruitment numbers, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's one of the big things that uh, is really hindering the sport right now. And trying to figure out ways to get people back in the woods and just get people, you know, let them have that experience of of getting out the woods and harvesting an animal. It's uh, it's big, and so I think one of the driving points for all of us is we just we just want to do our part to try to get on that effort and try to show people what hunting's all about and all that it can offer people. So, um, yeah, that's, that's one, I think that's another big thing that really drew us to try to film our hunts and, and, you know, just get together and have that camaraderie of just talking about hunting and and enjoying it. So, yeah. Jonathan, what were you going to say? One thing that, uh, really got me interested in it and stuff is, uh, of course, Jeremy, you know, he, he, he thought of the idea kind of, and, and uh, I was like, dude, I want to be on board with this. And to see him with his son and with his papa uh, and filming those hunts and, and then, you know, here this uh, turkey season filming stuff and then his little boy being a part of it, you know, and then, you know, when his boy gets older, he can go back and watch those with him. And, uh, you know, my wife, uh, me and my wife are actually expecting a baby in November. Oh, congratulations. And, Thank you. And so uh, there goes my deer season. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> No, really. There goes yeah, your rifle season. There goes my rifle season. But, uh, but, but I want to. I want to be able to when my kid gets old enough to take take them. And uh, whether it's a boy or a girl, it don't matter. Uh, hopefully, it's a boy. But, <laughs> but no, uh, I, I want to be able to share that with them, and then also, you know, show them. Hey, look, this is this is the hunts that we had. You know, and this is you know, memories that, and, and I'd give anything to have a camera when I was hunting with my dad on, on certain farms and certain, cause you know, there's places that we don't hunt anymore. And I mean, we had hunts and seen some big deer and I was like, man, I wish I could just film that. And so now we've, we have the opportunity to do that. And so I, I don't want to miss, you know, another memory cause you know, you can remember stuff, but if you can go back and watch it again, it makes it that much better, mm-hmm. I, I believe. And, uh, it just builds the excitement and, uh, you know, it, it's just making memories and, and stuff that we'll have together. And, you know, I love these guys, all, all three of these guys, like, like family, man, they're, they really mean a lot to me. And, uh, they've, they've helped me become a better man just being with them. And, uh, so I, I just love the camaraderie with that. And, uh, really just like they said, just really can't wait to show other people, Hey man, you know, it's it, when you're down, it's good to have somebody to lean on when you're up, it's good to have somebody to celebrate with. And, and, uh, that's uh, that's what it's all about. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and Jeremy, I'll come back to you on this last last bit here. I um, you know, part of part of like what you see on hunting today is you got a lot of these guys going out and doing DIY or they do solo hunts. 
and it's all about kind of going out and you go into Colorado or someplace for two weeks, you're all by yourself. And, and I think that's cool. Um, there's probably a part, you know, something to that going out and kind of figuring out just who you are by yourself. Um, and so I enjoy during bow season hunting by myself. I certainly love doing that, but there's something really special about when my other buddy, his name's Travis too, or my buddy Jim or my brother or any of those guys, whenever we get together in the woods and like you guys said, even whenever you, even if you don't kill anything, it's something, there's something about just going out there. It's like you're on a mission together and you cut up, you laugh, you have a great time. And it just reminds me, I got to think about this verse, talks about as iron sharpens iron, so one mm-hmm. man sharpens another. And it just that's a scriptural verse that just kind of talks to us a little bit about there's more to it than just hunting. There's something else going on. So, Jeremy, what would you add on to that? I think just to, just to kind of try to wrap up what everyone was saying, There's it's hard to put a, a one thing on why we do what we do. It's there's a lot of different reasons like you know like we've talked about from you know trying to be an example to younger folks and the people that watch our videos from you just simply capturing our memories uh for for our family and for our memories and then also trying to recruit other folks into the sport and um and so and and that's one of the things we talked about when we first started this there's when when you talk about hunting there's so many things that it's really hard to put into words and it's really, you know, it's hard to talk about the feelings that you get when you get an animal or the feelings that you get when you're cold in a tree stand or the feelings you get when you're around a campfire with your buddy. And so our big thing is we just want to try to capture all of those things as best we can, whether it be, you know, through podcasts like this or through a video and try to show someone who's watching our videos kind of all that hunting has to offer because it's more than just like a trophy. It's more than just a kill. I mean, there, there's so many things about hunting that, that make it what it is and make it so special. And so if we can, if we can, you know, do our little part and play our little part uh, in the hunting industry and we're, we're having fun ourselves, and we sure hope that, uh, that people watch it. We hope that one that, you know, if they're having a bad day, they can simply get a laugh because we're a bunch of cut ups and, and we hope they can learn something and we hope that we can inspire folks to possibly, you know, get out there and try it for themselves. And so, yeah, we're just, we're super excited. We're super passionate about all that we're doing. And, uh, and really, you know, we, we kind of touched on this, but God is a, a huge part of all of our lives. He, he's, in, he's the, the reason I am the way I am. He's the reason I do what I do. The husband I am, the father I am, I, I try to live my life and, and follow him the best I can. And, uh, and, and I think all of us simply have a passion to try to help people and try to reach people. And, um, and this is a, a cool platform that we're trying to do that with. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. And you guys definitely do make, I've only watched a few of your videos, but they did make me laugh. There was a, I, I'd encourage you guys to go check these guys out on YouTube. There's a recent fishing challenge and the, <laughs> the loser of the fishing challenge had to eat a worm. And, uh, so that, that I won't be, I won't give any spoilers away here, but it, it's disgusting and, and awesome at the same time. So, <laughs> So, uh, guys, tell us very real quick. Um, what's that? I said very disgusting. <laughs> very disgusting. Yeah, that was Jonathan saying that, so that might give you a little hint there. But, uh, guys, tell us a little bit about where we can find you at, you know, website, YouTube, Instagram. Uh, wh- what's the name there? What do we search for? So, basically, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube uh, at Live Hunt uh, and Company. I think our username actually on on. Instagram and Facebook is Live Hunt Co. One word, and then if you go to uh, YouTube and search Live Hunt 
and company or Lift Hunt and Co. Uh, you should be able to find us. And um, orange logo. We we also are we we've dabbled in the podcast world as well. That's something we've not really taken off with. We have a SoundCloud, and and that's as well. Live Hunt Co. We're trying to branch off into uh, to iTunes podcasts and things like that, but it's something we've not started yet. Um, but though, and also we just launched our website, and so it's LiveHuntCo.com. Um, again, one word. You can get our merch there. You can read about us. Uh, you find our videos there as well. Things like that too. Awesome. Well, guys, it has been a pleasure to sit down and hear those stories. I thought you know, there were some good ones there, and it's good just to kind of meet you guys and get a talk. And uh, it's just, I think that's what it's all about. It's fun just sharing these stories, and I love uh, what you guys had to say. So thanks again so much for agreeing to come on this thing, and good luck uh, this, this coming uh, summer as you're getting ready for all the other stuff you're getting into. All right. And thanks so much, too, man. Let us, we just want to extend our thanks for you inviting us on the Later. show. and. And may God bless you and, and your family and your, your buddies and all that you're doing with uh, Shedding Light Outdoors. And we just uh, are super grateful that you would have us on here, man. man it's, yeah, it's we definitely – I appreciate it. We definitely need to get our groups together. Jeremy suggested we get both our groups together and, and do a little filming thing. So that's something yeah. in the future we might have to get together. That would be a lot of fun. So, Absolutely. Well, guys, Absolutely. thanks so much. We'll definitely have you guys back on sometime. Hear some more hunting stories. I'm sure you got more than that. But for now, thanks so much for coming on. God bless. God bless you, man. Thank Thanks, you. man. Yeah. Thanks, Travis. Proverbs 27:17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Uh, that's what we're talking about, basically, in that podcast. Love sitting down with those guys. Had a lot of fun. Those boys from Kentucky. And, um, you know, I, I I go back to the beginning of this podcast, and I think about Eric uh, doing that physical challenge for, for Travis and I. And uh, it just, honestly, it's hard work. It's sweat. Um, uh, but it, it feels good to take a step, to grow, um, to, to know that I can do more push-ups this week than I did last week. Um, but another thing that we've started to do together is I realize, you know, it's one thing to do physical stuff, um, but at the end of the day, whenever it's all said and done, after the elk hunt, will I be able to maintain it? I hope so. Even if I am for the rest of my life, this body is not forever. Um, it's going to go in the dirt sometime. Uh, so I've got to work on some other things with my soul. And so one of the things I do with Travis and Eric and some other guys is we do a Bible reading plan together. Uh, you can get on the Version Bible app, and you can actually find a plan. They have plans uh, for men, plans for women, plans for families, all kinds of Bible reading plans. And some of them have like a little devotional thought or something like that. And at the end, you can comment on it, and you can kind of read what other people have written and, and or what they've wrote and um, you know, kind of dialogue back and forth. And that's just one of the things that we do to try and sharpen each other. Um, you know, sharpening is not always easy, to be honest. Whenever you rub a blade up against another blade or, you know, you think about sharpening a, a, your, your knife, there's, there's friction there sometimes. It's not always just super easy. There's, sometimes there's conflict. Sometimes there's challenges. Um, but it makes you sharper. And so that's what it's all about for us. Uh, that's what we care about. Um, like I said, one day, physical bodies going into the earth. What happens to my soul? And so that's why I spend time doing those kind of things. And um, I find it re- very rewarding. Hopefully, I'm hoping that 2019, I'm a little bit further along in my journey with God and with uh, His Word and those things than I was last year. I hope that I grow and not just 
be a comfortable pew sitter my whole life. Um, I have no interest in just sitting on the pew and not growing. I want I want to grow spiritually and I want to be closer. So, um, and I once again that all goes back to I think camaraderie. I think that's why we need each other. And so there's a the little pitch for today, a little thing for you to think about. If you don't have those people, I challenge you to look for them. Find some people that um, can push you in those areas. Uh, I hope that I do that a little bit for you. Um, and. Uh, just some things to think about. Thanks again so much for listening. Once again, go check out Live Hunt and Company or Live Hunt and Co. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and their website. And uh, thanks, guys, so much for listening to this podcast. Going to go ahead and shut things down. Say to you, remember to shed the light. <laughs>